Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Just Joe Podcast, episode 26. 26. And uh, this one, we're bringing back somebody that we had right when the pandemic started. Uh, as you guys know, if you've been following my podcast since day one, not only do I talk music, but I also talk about my health and especially about my mental health. Um, I've been, if you're not aware, I've been battling panic and anxiety disorder since my early 20s, uh, maybe even longer. That was really when it came to the surface. And I've had a hell of a ride since then. So it's it's been ups and downs and a constant um, want to say battle, or I would, I'd like to say it's a journey because it's a journey about learning about my mental health, learning how to, to, to embrace it and how to use it as a superpower, I guess. That's the way I try to look at it and put a, a positive spin on the thing. So right when all of this shit was hitting the fan last year, I had this next guest on and she was great because we had a conversation. It's like, what are people's mental health going to be like when we go into lockdown and we talked about it so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to now revisit it literally one year later and to see where she what she's experienced with her clients uh what have i've experienced and what we've collectively have seen between everything else so this is a mental health episode my friends and i'd like to welcome back tanya marshall everyone say hi to tanya welcome back tanya um, thank and you, thank you. mental health professional, you know, so we've been through a lot in the past year. And right before I hit record, we we're starting to talk about this whole thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, we got to hit record before, before <laughs> we get into it. Ourselves. Yeah. We started getting ahead of ourselves because as I was saying, you know, both of us, I know what I've been through in the past year, mental, mental health wise. And we'll get into that. I know that you've probably had a ride personally yourself. And also with you call them patients or you call them clients. What would what, 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 what yeah, you call? Yeah, patients. Okay. Yeah, patients. Yep. So, um, but what were you going to say? We started talking, but you were about to say something probably profound, or maybe yeah. not. But let's let's see where it goes and let's start from there. So it it has been twenty twenty was a rough one, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, anything that could happen with politics and then the pandemic could have happened, and then um, mental health then went on the uprise like for depression for anxiety for suicide um and my practice uh went up in number two and i had to stop accepting patients because it was just becoming too much right um i ended up leaving my previous job at the va i don't know, I don't know if you remember yeah, i remember that that was something there. we talked talk about in the last episode you were yeah. doing both you know yeah so you know private practice is going well but at the same time um, our community was not doing well. No, you know, so I felt, uh, you know, a huge need to help our community too, and especially the number of children. Yeah, you know, going through this change. Um, you know, we're talking about elementary kids here. You know, doing college at home, virtual stuff. I mean, they're not used to that. No, I right? mean, uh, yeah, my my daughter, my daughter's seven, and honestly, she's you know compared to at least to me she's weathered this pretty well you know but That's she's great. also she's also at an age where she doesn't have the perspective as say like my stepdaughter or some of the older kids and know what it's like the kind of what normal is like my daughter's still right. relatively new to the world and new to the the whole schooling and all that stuff so she's rolled with it pretty well but i don't i think when she tries to matriculate back into 
school again, that's where I'm going to get a little worried because they're looking like she goes to FM. So it looks like she's going to be going back full time, probably after spring break or something like that, if everything goes well. And she's mm-hmm. like, dad, I don't want to go back to school five days a week. I'm like, but you yeah, have, to, but you have to. Because <laughs> they're waking up in their PJs, right? right. They're she's like, in her pajamas all day. Insane. Yeah. So <laughs> this is great. But you know, let, let me say this. And I, it's, it, it, this is weird. It's like, you want your business to succeed and grow and I'm proud that your your business is succeeding and growing, but you're almost like when you're succeeding and growing, it's like that's a good and a bad thing. It's good for you, right? As, but it's right. a bad thing because you also know that. But then it's also a good thing that there, there's people out there trying to get the help because as we look at social media, we, I mean, there's times I'm looking at social media, what, whether it was you know the riots that we had or just any of the nonsense oh, that happened yeah. last year. You're like. People oh, are losing their fucking minds right now. <laughs> like, oh, 100%. You know, like, and it I, was like zombie apocalypse, yeah. you know? You know, you know like, Black Lives, Black Lives Matter came in, and then, like, police movement. You know, it was just like, and then a pandemic, and then mental health. And, and then an election. An election. And, oh, my and, and, and the economy. I mean, everything and anything that could happen is happened. I mean, personally, and I'll say this and we'll get on, is that, I, you know, had that moment for a couple of weeks of freaking out, like, what am I going to do? You know, my business is gone. All the gigs that I have that I, the 300 gigs I play a year are virtually gone in an instant, you know, in a blink of an eye. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? That's what I've been doing for 20 years, you know? So I had that moment and then things kind of started settling in and I started having some success doing my online shows and then my accountant you know, like I I said before we started recording, like I praise her because she like got my, now I know why she does the things she does with my money and my, and my business because yeah, she, she helped you out. oh my gosh, she put me in a position where I could breathe and take care of the things I had to take care of and not worry about, oh my God. And I'm, I'm blessed to that because not so many other people were in that boat. And, and even right. people, even people who had jobs and worked through the pandemic, they're still suffering i mean i have people that are on like the front lines and nurses and everything that are just like just they're they're gutted right now mentally gutted that's what i was going to bring up too right so here's here's the whole thing so yeah business was well on my end but at the same time i'm a human too right (laughs) i might be a nurse practitioner specializing mental health but at the same time i'm human so all the stuff that's getting sent my way and all the caretaking I'm doing with my patients, what's going on on my end? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this is the honest truth, Joe. I actually ended up hiring a psychiatrist myself to debrief yeah. because there was just too much. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that normalizes it in a sense that like, hey, I do mental health. I'm going to reach out on my end to get the support I need too. Um, you know, cause I was, I have a child too. She's 11. She's doing homeschool. So the balance of working at home, you know, seeing my patients in the office, the walls seem to, you know, narrow just a little bit when you're working at home all day. Don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Like, and then you have your kid at home and then, you know, I realized this once I started to influx of kids is the symptomology, you know, of their anxiety through this pandemic. You know, so I would see children sleeping longer, not leaving their rooms, isolating, 
you know, not seeing their peers or missing all these developmental milestones, Yeah, you know? So, um, those were the things that were coming my way, you know, and I was taught. Yeah. It's like sit on, you know, I've, I've tried to stay on top of what my daughter does, but I have seen those behaviors, you know, because I mean, she can't go play with her friends. She's not having the, the social interaction and, uh, you know, she ends up spending a little bit more time on her tablet or, you know, we can't get out and do things one because it's winter or, you know, we can't just, yeah. there's all these things, but I mean, she's done well, but she definitely has had some moments. There were some moments where, you know, she just, Irritability, yeah. And I'm know, just like, what's, what's going too. on? And I got her to like, you know, admit what's going on. And she had like a legit fear of, of COVID and like, daddy, the numbers are going up and people are getting sick and daddy, we got to, when we go outside, we got to put our mask on. I'm like, honey, we're just going to the car. We can do that. So there, I see glimpses yeah. of it. So I've tried to head it off because on my end, you know, for the most part, like I said, I freaked out for a little while and then I got into a, a groove and then I had a, a focus because I was like, oh my God, I'm starting to do very well on Twitch. Here's what I'm just going to put all my focus in it and then I'm making money on Twitch and I don't have to take unemployment and I don't have to do all these things. I'm like, oh my God, I'm hit. this is where I've wanted to turn my business into for years and now here's the opportunity. But then all of a sudden come October and November when the weather started getting crappy again. Yeah. I, yeah. I think i started hitting a stride and I was comfortable. Then the year hit me and my panic disorder started coming back big time. My sleep was getting messed up. Uh, my irrational fears were coming back and I was, I started struggling again and to the point where I'm like, Oh no. I mean like, am I, am I going down a point where I'm going to have to go back on meds? Am I going to have to go back and see my therapist more regularly? What am I going to do here? Right. Um, but I used a lot of the, t the, you know, the tricks and the, and the knowledge that I've been given by my therapist and my journey to like kind of write that course. And, I, so and what I, did you do to get out of it? Well, I mean, one is like, you got to know where it's all coming from. You know, you have to give yourself grace that like, Jesus, we've been through a lot. All of us have been collectively through a lot. And it, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the richest of rich or to the poorest of poor, or, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. We are all affected mentally. So I had to give myself grace, be like, listen, it's okay to feel this. If you want to cry, do you want to yell? Do you want to just like if you can't sleep, then just get up and watch a movie until five in the morning. Just do what you got to do. Like give yourself some right. grace. And I did that. And the other thing was, I was like, okay, uh, I just started running more. That was like really when I started upticking. Yeah, my, I saw that. that. That was really when I started upticking the running was when that started creeping in. And the more I started running, the more it really sorted me out because then I started to stop running with headphones on. Because one of my friends like, don't run with, don't listen to music. Don't listen to podcasts. Just get away from technology and just soak in your surroundings and yep. once i started doing that things started changing and then the other game changer at the end of it all was i started using cbd you know um ah, interesting. Yeah, because well i it's it's a tough thing because like so many doctors won't be like you know if you went to your your my my general practitioner and be like oh, i want to go on cbd he's like well there's not he's not going to do that you know that the, that there's a lot of I get why they don't and they'll, they'll try to steer you towards some other things. But, you know, during the pandemic, I also, you know, I've, I've always smoked weed my entire life. So I was using that a little bit to kind of help me to sleep. But then that also backfired on me because uh, the psychoactive portion of the marijuana or the weed, sometimes a little too much when my brain is already so active as it is like you're, right. you're relaxing me, but then you triggered that part. And I don't like that part. I'm like, I just need this part. 
you know, so then, you know, I was like, well, you know, what about the CBD? And I called on a good but, friend. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to make a point on that. Right. So uh, about the marijuana versus the CBD. Mm-hmm. So in relation to how you were feeling, so it kicks up the sympathetic nervous system. So that's probably where you hit having like increased heart rate, increased yep. anxiety in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's when like the receptors are overloaded. So maybe you smoke too much, Yep. but the CBD there's conflicted research on that. So some providers, I'm going to, I specialize in addiction too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do medical marijuana, suboxone, naltrexone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So CBD, I went to an addiction conference. There's conflicted studies on that. And we know the benefits versus the risk. And the benefits are help with anxiety sleep. And it's, it's like dose dependent too. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. Do you just take one syringe, like one liquid syringe? Well, I mean, here's the thing. There's so much CBD out there. I mean, you can literally buy it at your corner gas station. Right. You walk in, it's sitting there next to the five-hour energy, and it's like, okay, it's, it, you got to be careful where you're getting it from. So I have a good friend of mine, uh, a, a local musician, and I've known him for a long time. He opened uh, a company a couple of years ago in Utica called the Utica Hemp Company and specializes mm. in CBD and really sources like the best and has an amazing knowledge of CBD. He isn't just some guy like, hey, I, I know CBD works. Like, no, he really knows it. So he's like, I texted him and we talked and he's like, well, what, you know, what do you, what do you want? How much do you want out of it? And because there's a way to dose it, you know? And you, exactly. You, right. And, and it's like anything yeah. else. You just don't like, hey, I'm going to take this gummy and that's fine. And CBD also right. works as like any other drug you would take, like, you know, for, you know, any kind of, you know, blood pressure or anything, you got to take it regularly. You got to take it every day and you got to let it build up in your system. So it can really get, you really get the benefits out of it. So we stripped down everything. It's like, let's start at a low dose. Let's, you know, try this, you know, 25 milligrams in the morning, 25 milligrams at night, start amping it up a little bit because his stuff is like, he goes, I really have powerful stuff. I'm like, well, what happens if I take more? Because you'll probably just get tired (laughs) because it's like nothing bad will happen if you, there's no such thing as like a CBD overdose. You'll probably just go to bed, you know? And then he turned me on to some other stuff that had some CBD in it with some ginkgo and some ashwagandha and some mushrooms, you know, like a capsule. So I take those in combination. And when I started taking those and it it took a couple of weeks and now all of a sudden I kind of felt like those thoughts started being a little more subdued. I was able to control them a little bit more. The physical side of things were, were, were working itself out. And honestly, I've felt more benefit out of this than the Lexapro and the other stuff that I've taken over the years, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but like, I've just tried everything. I wanted to try something different and something that just seemed a little more, you know, like that. I mean, I don't want to sit there and preach about it, but this is what has right. worked for no, me. This I, is what worked for me. Yeah. And if it, that's what I tell all my patients to like, if you find something that works for you, right. And if it's not an antidepressant, great. You yeah. know, there's options out there. There's even ketamine, you know? Yeah. And that's like a whole different conversation, but CBD, I think that's a reasonable option for anxiety and sleep and mood, you know? And I think, um, I think it's with other prescribers, maybe it's the lack of knowledge behind it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't know, but I think that that's great. Yeah. If that works for you, Joe, it it, it was, it well, I mean, it was, it was a combination. Like I said, it wasn't just like, cause some people are like, well, if I take this, well, I'm like, like, listen, I go, you understand, like I eat very clean. I work out, you know, I do yoga, I run. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, like- it's, a, it's, a, it's a very all encompassing thing that I know that I have to do. So when those things start happening to me 
and I see those peaks and valleys, and I know that there's be another peak and valley with my panic disorder. It has been. That's the way it goes. But when it does, I'm like, okay, feel it find out what's going on where can i make some changes what can i tweak and I'm like it's an overall wellness picture instead of just one little right. thing that's going to fix it it's your treatment plan correct. that works for you correct you know so i mean i mean the toughest thing i mean obviously you went back to seeing a lot more kids that's that's heartbreaking in a way i know it is but in and also in a sense it's also um refreshing because as I don't know how, exactly how old you are, but when I was that age, if we had to go through something like this, we would have just faced it with, with no options of that. Right. You know, Different. so thank God your there's parents, people. Your right. parents were like, suck it up. <laughs> suck it up. It's okay. Like, suck it up. You're going to have to face the truth now, right. you know? Right. But at least we're peeling back these stigmas and it's okay to not be okay. You know, that's not the sound cliche, but it's, you know, awesome that you're being able to see these kids maybe this will help them be better prepared for like really heavy shit when they get older, whether it's personally right. or globally. Right. And it's teaching them how to cope. And also, you know, so like uh, for a while there, I was just doing telemedicine, so straight virtual visits. And then we started opening, opening up um, doctor's offices. So I opened up my office and the kids were telling me that it was like a vacation coming to my office. They were like, in a sense, felt way better, you know, because it's changed in environment when they have school, you know, at home all week, and then they get to go to the office, play some ping pong, yeah. you know. So it's like, you know what? That's the thing. So I tell even the adolescent kids who can drive, you know, and have that autonomy, you know, because coffee shops are still open. You, you can still stay, stay safe and social distance. Right. You know, bring your laptop. If you're doing virtual school, bring it to a coffee shop. At least yeah. there's stimuli, yes. you know, in the environment. You can hear people walking by, people laughing. You know, maybe it, it won't work because there's such a distraction. But for the right. most, it does work. Well, you, you know, so you, you want you want to feel um, that vibe and that connection with people because that's one thing that we've lost this year. I mean, I went from playing 300 uh, shows a year, being around people all the time never being home to completely flipping around, like barely seeing people and I'm home all the time. So it was like, it was like literally 180 for me, but where, where do you think, where's the silver lining in this, in, in the mental, I mean, where's the, you see silver lining with the kids. Like I kind of spoke like, like maybe this will help them in the longer run, but your, your kids, your adolescents, or even your adult uh, patients, where, where do you see a silver lining in all of this? That's a good question. Um, I think that, Technology, right? Yeah. If anything, with the kids that I see, they're learning to talk more face-to-face versus, you know, with their feelings and generating coping skills, you know, versus holding it in, you know, and getting sucked in. Like, I'll tell the kids, you know, get up. Like, like you, Joe, like you said, I put down technology and I got out into the environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm telling them the same things, like changing, you know, and having structure. So they're taking all these ideas, and they're taking these coping skills. And they're like, you know what, Miss Marshall, this really did work. And I'm like, perfect. You don't need medication. You're doing just fine. You know, like every, everything's coming together, you know, in, at the most serious time. And not seeing their friends, too, is huge. But now they've developed even other skills 
Yeah. You know, as far as not being scared to spend more time with your family. Yeah. I mean, how, how often are we busy? <laughs> you know, if we go back to work now and we're out of the home, our kids are going back to school. Right. Yeah. I mean, for most of us, we're working at home with the kids or unemployed. We're at home with the kids. You know, so now the family unit is actually back. Yeah. You know, I, we're at, we're at that place. My hope is this, and this is my silver lining is that this kind of brought us back, you know, it's put us in check in a lot of ways and so many ways. And I'm hoping when things return to somewhat normal, I mean, I don't, the world has forever changed. The world that we knew before is gone. Um, and it, we're just going to be living in a different world. And we're not going to realize this for maybe 5, 10, 20 years when we look back on the situation. Uh, but I hope that the, the, the closest that some of our families have gotten or friendships have gotten or the appreciation of what we had and we're taking advantage of comes, you know, stays. And we don't all of a sudden yeah. just go back to our... <laughs> assholic ways as i've said to a couple of my friends like please this can we not go back to being assholes i mean yes we're going to be yeah. but like can we try to like not do some of these things when we come back you know like have a deeper appreciation of these things of the restaurants of the arts of, of all these things and, and i'm hoping i mean do you feel that 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 could happen if you're looking if you're looking at your globally across all of your all of your patients do you feel that got that sense I, with that I think so. I I think we're taking a step back, right, and slowing down. We're slowing down, essentially. We're like, and we, we have these barriers out in the community, right? So we have to do things on our own. That makes sense, you know? So I think for appreciation, we appreciate a lot more, you know, our jobs. We appreciate family more. I mean, <clears throat> my family is, during this time has been helping each other. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen even neighbors, you know, have been trying to help each other out, you know? So I guess that's the hope is that we stick with it. But, you know, time will tell. Yeah. We get back to the norm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, like, once, rush yeah. hour, get out of my way, beep, beep, beep. Yeah, but, it, you know, there's so many people even coming back from this that won't be going back to the offices. A lot of these places are going to stay remote because they're realizing wow we're paying a lot of money and rent for this giant building and people's productivity was through the roof and those they're being at home or only coming to the office once or twice a week so the economy and a lot of those things are changing so maybe that'll give us the ability to have you know keep up with some of these changes that happened you know yeah. so you know it's 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 just going to be it's going to be interesting when it comes it comes back and I'm i'm really hopeful that you know we can all find a balance between the good things that came out of this, because that's what yeah. I've always, that's what I've tried to focus on this because some of the most amazing changes and opportunities have come along in the past year that I didn't think I would ever be able to achieve, or at least it would take me five to 10 years to get my business to where it is now. I wanted to move my yeah. business to a more home base so I could be with my daughter, so I could have more control over. I didn't want to be, you know, I'm pushing, you know, I'm closing in on 50 years old. I, do I want to just keep playing 300 gigs a year in bars and restaurants and just like it gets tiring and exhausting and I'm like I need something yeah. to change so this year gave me the opportunity to do that you know and it gave a lot of other people an opportunity to like kind of reevaluate whether they wanted to be um stay at the job that they were at because maybe they got furloughed and they're like you know what I don't want to be in this career anymore you, you know? know you know so it, it gave Reflection. us a lot of things yeah it gave us a lot to do that but 
I mean, do you see this once, you know, COVID, I mean, COVID is going to be something that's here. It's going to be a flu. It's going to be something we deal with all the time. I don't believe it's ever going to completely go away. Um, We're going to get it under control and it's just going to be one of those things. I don't know if we're going to eradicate it, but how long, I mean, do you see a timeline of the, the, the mental aspect of this taking longer than actual getting over COVID is the mental aspect that we just went through. And it might, people might take a year or two to understand like, Holy shit, what the fuck just happened? Well, think of it this way too. Like I also inherited patients whose family members died of COVID and they Uh, had, they were grieving, Yeah, you know? So, and so grieving, you know, can last from, for a few months to a year, you know, everyone's decades different, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, and especially if you don't have many family members and that was the closest family member. I mean, do I see the mental health, um, in this country getting better? No, I see it getting, I see it getting worse. I hate to say that Joe. No, I hate to say that's it, why, that's why I you're here. That, and that's why we're talking about it. Cause I want people to hear that. Yeah. Um, because I don't think this is going away. Um, and there's still people dying of COVID too, mm-hmm. still people getting the virus. Um, and here's the thing about insurance companies, right? Here's the kick around this. So when COVID started, um, insurance companies were starting to cover telemedicine visits for their patients and my patients, right? Yeah, so they yeah. were reimbursing them 75, 100% for their sessions, right? Now, if the community opens, what's going to happen to that patient? And what's going to happen to their coverage? They might not be able to afford paying for their doctor anymore, right? Right. So here's here's the thing. They've developed a therapeutic relationship, and now we're just going to drop them. <laughs> Where are they going to go? Yeah. In-network providers are so packed. You, you can't get into a psychiatrist no. for like six months, seven months in Onondaga County. It's insane. Nope. nope. You know, so a lot of patients are going out of network and paying out of pocket, and insurance is still covering it. So I just wrote this letter to Blue, Blue Cross Blue Shield because that's what I'm afraid of. I've inherited a lot of Blue Cross Blue Shield clients. And I basically was advocating for these patients. Like, you know, we have to con- continue the coverage for these patients. Yeah. You know, indefinitely, essentially, for out of network because they're receiving good care. They don't want to leave. Once you establish, like, think about it, though. If you get comfortable with a provider and you like them and you've filled your life, out to them and you know you've you got better yeah right and you want to continue to check in with them but then the insurance is like constraining <laughs> that it's just because i mean it's difficult right all of us have kind of been through that but i mean i've been through it before when all of a sudden the insurance that i got and then my dot my general protect practitioner was like i i don't accept that insurance and I'm like, well, what you did before and he said, yeah but these things changed with our our network and i'm just like oh you know, so I could imagine it just yeah. being frustrating. It's one thing with a general practice. It's another thing when you literally opening up. It's one thing they're like, hey, man, I have, you know, a broken arm. Okay, cool. Well, here's your broken arm. Here's your cast. But like when you're, you're mentally broken and you finally get to a point where you're making major breakthroughs and then all of a sudden they're told, I can't afford to do this anymore. And then they stop yeah. and you're, you're, you're in the midst of like healing. It's so quickly to peel back because not only we've seen the mental health and we saw, you know, an uptick in suicides and and suicides across the board. Addiction too. Addiction through the roof. Like I work with a a, a program I'm on, uh, just joined this past year called Heal of Onondaga. And it really started as a, a, as a heroin epidemic uh, group to really help, you know, the heroin epidemic around here. 
And mm-hmm. in some of our meetings that we have on a monthly basis, you know, we've had some doctors and we have some people that are in there and they're like, listen, they're like, drug overdoses are through the fucking roof right now, through yeah. the roof. And, you know, uh, um, domestic violence and child abuse and everything like that's the stuff they're not talking about. And that's the stuff that's yeah. like, wow, that's the stuff that's going to last for you know, years and and if it's done to the right, if it's done to the certain person, that's something they'll carry with it their whole life. They may never yep. get over. It. So yeah, the mental health aspect is huge, and I hope that. I mean, I you wonder if insurance companies sometimes have a heart, or if they're just kind of looking at a bottom line. And I get that they're a business, but like, holy crap, this country is broken on that level. Because I have a lot yeah. of friends. I have a lot of friends that are in Canada that I've met through Twitch and to talk with them about how their medical system works and their healthcare system works. It's, it's so like, Hey, if Canada can do this with a fraction of the wealth that we have in this country, like, why can't we fix this? Like, yeah, they don't have we? a problem with it. it how come well, we can't do it? You know? Well, you said it money. Yeah, it is. Yep. It's money, pharmaceuticals, you know, it's a big, bad cycle in America. Unfortunately, yeah. and mental health—I hate to say it again—it's money. It's money. It it, is. They, it's like we're 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 we have this model to keep you sick here, which is <laughs> it's disgusting. not it's not healthcare. It it's sick care. Mind. It's sick care. Yeah, they don't make like, any money off you being healthy. No, they don't. It's, 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 but here's the thing: when you when you have car insurance, right? We have car insurance. And you don't get any accidents for like 10 years. You don't get any tickets. You're like, you're a great driver. You have all these things. What happens? Your rates go down. They keep giving yeah. you incentives. Like, why can't they do that for here? Like, hey, you have been, you only go to the doctor for your checkup and like, you're being healthy. Why don't we drop your rates? You know, like, why can't they have some kind of relationship like that? It's like, it's insurance. All these other insurances reward you for not, for doing the right thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it, it makes what you think. Yeah, it does. It's, it's crazy. And the funding, too, you know, for my, like we've shut down so many mental health facilities around here, like back in the 90s. And now we just need them. Yeah. We just need them, you know. And so, you know, don't get me started on Cuomo, but <laughs> don't, don't get me the right. there. But I, you know, if we can get, I've been talking to my assistant to do a nonprofit organization um, in Syracuse called Mental Health Fit fitness for the kids um so i'm hoping with some grant or something we can start this program here in syracuse and just get you know it starts when you're young like what you were saying how you help yourself and you know when it started getting dark and started having panic attacks and your mind was raising you check in with yourself yeah right and it's like okay let me reframe this what i need to focus on Especially that needs to start in childhood too. Yeah. Because anxiety disorders also have a genetic component. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, and and that's something I had to research. I mean, the reason why I can kind of wrangle it myself and thank God that I did, but that this is after twenty five plus years, you know, it was like this is this wasn't something new to me. So like right. I've already been down this road and then, you know, to figure out and go back and talk to my family and I don't have a big family. I didn't I got two brothers. My mom only had one uh, 
brother. My dad was an only child and his family was there. I don't come from this big family. Like, Hey, I've got 25 cousins and you know, six aunts and 10 uncles, you know, we have, I don't have that. So it's like, and I don't know much about my dad's side of the family. So there was like, there's a lot of question marks. Like, where did this come from? And in the more, as I got talking with my mother and everybody else, I realized that I, this definitely was a genetic thing. It came from, you know, my grandmother had issues back in the day, but when she had like a, a breakdown, it was like in the fifties and sixties. And they just called it like, uh, you know, Oh, she had a nervous breakdown and that would, they just labeled That's it. That's what that. they called it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like, well, what does, <laughs> That's what, what they does, called it. Right. But like, what does that mean? You know what I'm exactly. saying? It's like, like, what the hell does that mean? Because we all know what, what's the name of the, the book where it has all the disorders in it. Right. The DSM five. Right. And I watch a lot of Ted talks cause I'm trying to work on uh, my biggest, one of my biggest fears is f- the fear of death. And it's been a, f- a fear of mine since I was five and six years old, which is like, ver- like just worried about what's going to happen when I die, when I die. So when it comes to my panic attacks, I always feel like I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a stroke. I'm having something life threatening. So I've been trying to watch these Ted talks and in, in, in all these, and, and this guy's like, well, what you suffer from now, and then he wasn't talking to me, he was just talking about in general, is that you used to call it um, hypochondria, but that's not, a, that's a very old school term. And when you hear hypochondria, you think, oh my God, he's taking 30 different pills and he's washing his hands, you know, all these things, these negative connotations that came from the 70s and the earlier, but hypochondria right, right. has become something else. And hypochondria is more about... Um, it's like a health threat, anxiety, or what they've labeled it differently right. now. So, yes. So, you know, once I learned that my grandmother had had that, and then my mom, even to this day, like I turned my mom onto magnesium to help her sleep at night. And it's really well, made it great. Yes. And she takes magnesium. She's like, oh my God, Joseph, like it, it's really changed it. everything. And she's like, my anxiety. I'm like, mom, I didn't know you had the anxiety. And she's like, yeah, I've always had it. So like, I realize where it comes from. And I see it once in a while with my daughter. And then, then then I get scared. I'm like, oh my God, please don't let her, you know, please don't let her have the battles that I've had, you know? So, um, yeah, it's so anxiety breeds anxiety, yeah. as you know, yes. you know, it's like nature and nurture environment and genes. So and Joe, for you, you know, if you can show her, you know, and openly talk about it, you know, you can tell when she's anxious. Yep. The thing is, we don't give these kids like off days. We're so quick to be like in their face and then consequences, you know, and that creates anxiety too. It's like they, they want to do good for us. Yep. You know, they want to make you happy, yeah. you know, and they're learning. We don't give them enough credit. And at the same time, I want to, <laughs> this magnesium thing, I love that you brought it up because yeah. I, I prescribe magnesium for anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a great mineral. And actually, patients with anxiety disorders require higher amounts yep. of that mineral. Yep. So you learned about, you yep. know that. That's why I got into, you know, that's why I started taking some of the, the other supplements that I take with the ginkgo and the ashwagandha and the, some of those other roots. And, and it has the magnesium in it because... Um, people, I, I tell people this way. It's like, if, if you have anxiety and I have, I have high functioning anxiety. So like I can get a lot of shit done. <laughs> like when I'm like in a manic episode, like I'll crush mm-hmm. through like, you know, like I did 50 emails and recorded five songs and I cleaned the house mm-hmm. and I made dinner. Like I did all this stuff. It's like, okay, great. But like 
when you do that and you have that type of disorder or a certain kind of disorder, you're going to, your brain and your body's going to burn through certain minerals and vitamins quicker than most people. You know, it's just like, you know, it's like a fuel, right? It's just yep. no, no different, like a race car. Like when you're going 200 miles an hour, you're obviously going to blast through fuel quicker than you do at, you know, 40 miles an hour through town. So you have to know that in a nutrition level, I'm one of my good friends and my nutritionist will, will tell you that he's like, I'll find out some of these things. And I'm like, Hey, you need to have more broccoli or you should take a, a B supplement or you should add magnesium. You should add calcium with magnesium, you know, yeah. to, to, to make up for those things. Because I know that I, I can take a, a higher amount of B vitamins, a higher amount of magnesium and a higher amount of D and I know that my body can take that in. It's going to use it all up. And when I take higher than the FDA or RDA allowance, it's fine. You know, so. Yeah, it makes sense. Have you ever received or gotten a uh, vitamin D injection during the time where the seasons change? Yes, I did once. Yeah, and I you wish had one? I had it once. I had a massage therapist that had them. And it was like in spring and I was coming out of that like winter blues like, and she gave me one of those and it literally felt like it was like, it changed. It didn't like, like me. That was like in a minute. It was like, Whoa, like what just happened? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wow, can I have that every day? Can I take one of these <laughs> every day? Brighter. Yeah. It's amazing. It really, truly is. I don't think that, um, you know, holistic medicine is preached enough, especially in psychiatry. You know, if you start with these, core concepts of minerals, electrolytes, good nutrition, exercise, this is mental health fitness. They don't teach that in school. They teach you no. diet and exercise, but also, you know, why are these things important for yourself? You know, especially if you come genetically from a family that breathes at night, right. you know, why, why is it so important? You know, so I think that edu like as far as what I'm doing, educating the public on what you're doing, because not enough people are doing that. No. What you're doing. I mean, I you wish, know? I wish, and I said this to somebody, I go, you should enter this life with three things. You need a lawyer, like, like right out of the gate. Like as soon as you're born, you got a lawyer waiting for you. You got a lawyer up. <laughs> right. You got a lawyer. So you have one of those, right? I, you know, you, and, and you have, you have uh, a mechanic eventually that can fix your car that you can trust. And the third thing is everyone should be given a therapist as soon as you're born. Like, like you should have therapy. Like every kid in school, whether they're like, oh my God, this kid's having troubles. Like, no, how about the kid that doesn't look like he's having troubles? Because honestly, that's the kid that probably has more troubles than the kid you think that has the troubles. As we've all seen looking right? at like celebrities and everything else, like, oh my God, they got their lives together. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait a minute. Chris Cornell killed himself. Robin Williams killed himself. Like yeah, Anthony Bourdain killed himself. Like, what do you mean? These guys had all this stuff and all that, like, no, these people yeah. were hurting worse than the people that you think are like, yeah, that dude's got problems, you know, but like, no, mm -hmm. but I, I think that should be such a huge part of the schooling at some point. It's like, you should go to a counselor once a week. Like, Hey, everybody, like you go down to the school counselor, but like, I know school counselors and I got one as a good friend and I can't, I can't really say what school it's at, but she's like, yeah, I'm the only one there for the entire school and the staff. It's crazy. So she goes, I have to compartmentalize and I have to like take like the most serious stuff. And then if stuff's going wrong, I also got to counsel the teachers and the students. She's like, I can't do it all. It's like, whew. 
we're yeah, missing. That's mental health overload. We're, right there, burnout. Yeah, and I'm like, burnout. That's what I would call that. Right, but like, like how do how do we how do we even begin to fix something like that? Is that I mean, it's not something that can happen within a year, two years. That's something that like is literally going to take decades to fix, right? Do you think? So, that, so that's a good question, and I honestly, I think I'm really trying to launch this nonprofit organization for the like for the school. For mm-hmm. that reason. Yeah. Because the counselors, one counselor for a whole school <laughs> is way too much. How is one person supposed to right. handle all that? No, you can't. So if we get, so my idea is to get, to collaborate with the schools and the counselors, you know, so we can start educating there and move mental health professionals into the school, you know, too, as, you know, collaborator or however you want to call it. You know, so they, so that counselor and the children and or the staff have also another ally. Yeah, well, they, know, they, so have a net, they, have, they have a network to plug into because... It's a whole network. Right, because the, I mean, the problem with the schools is anytime you think about, hey, we need to add more people, they immediately go, oh my God, our budget, how do we put that in our budget? How do we, you know, how do we afford another forty or $50,000 a year salary with all these other things? And when every school district every year is like, we got to find a way to cut, we got to find a way to cut, we got to find a way to cut. So you're trying to find a way to, to have something that the schools can plug into without it having to be a burden on to them financially. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to, you know, and I'm trying, yeah, with grants, yeah. you know, just to launch this program because I, I really passionate, passionate about children. You know, they are, if you can teach them young and you have some sort of impression on them as a role model or anything, or they take anything from you, it's going to carry on into adulthood, into better behaviors, better coping skills. Yeah. That's what thrives the community. Yes. In a sense. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? If if you can make a change with just a couple people or at one school and then all of a sudden that that could that could snowball like an avalanche. So they could take yeah. like instead of being like, well this is a ten year plan. It's like if you can get this going and just latch onto one school, even if it's one elementary school within a larger school and you get it to work, then you'll see that it's that it's okay. And instead of like maybe an after school program that isn't, Hey, we're going to do, you know, rocket club. Maybe there's a club where you just get together and you do you work on mental health and you work on things that, to help other people. That's amazing. That's awesome. You got to keep me posted on what goes on with that. I because, will. because, um, I would love for you to meet the director of, of the, the program that I've been, you know, the heal that I'm part of because heal is not, it's still concentrating on heroin epidemic, but over the course of the past couple of years, they want to start, they wanted to start getting into these other areas too, because it's heroin addiction is a side effect of much large is a side effect of mental illness. You know, yeah. that isn't, that isn't like, Hey, I'm just going to be a heroin addict because everything in my life is great. You know, you become a heroin great. addict or a drug addict because you're having, you, you're self medicating, you're trying to self medicate and you don't know what else to do. So they're trying to expand that. So I really need to get the, the two of you to talk because it's been an uphill battle for her and she's got a lot of connections and, and that's where, that's where it all starts is these little nonprofits to try to help. Yeah, I, would, I would love that more than anything for this community, especially for the kids, yeah. you know, yeah. um, because we have a long haul ahead of us. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> even, even when they get back to school, I can't imagine what it's going to be like 
for them to like all of a sudden be back in those situations, but they can't do what they did before. And there's going to be, you know, uh, glass partitions between the, t- uh, between them. And yeah, they're getting school. Like my daughter goes twice a week, but then she'll be back. And you know, there's restrictions on how you, how gym class is done and this is done and like get together. It's like, is there a high school party anymore? Like those things are going to have to come back and it's going to be really weird to like try to navigate that. And that could right. blow up in their face if, if, it, if it's not, handled correctly you know yeah it's scary it is it is so i mean in in closing you've seen a lot of bad this year you've seen a lot of really bad this year and you've seen some very silver linings and uh Mm -hmm. and um i mean do you you know i i feel we're on the up uptrend and i hope we do that but people just got to keep staying cognizant of what is going on and that it's not this isn't a light switch like we had to explain i had to explain to my daughter like daddy when corona's over and she kind of felt like it was just like well it's spring now it's summer summer now it's fall it's like there's a switch and then it's just there's a date and then it ends like i had to explain to her that this doesn't end you know that this is going to keep carrying over and i think people need to realize that this is a part of us now you know yeah definitely so, but I mean, you definitely see a bigger silver lining than, than most, you know, at least you're trying to. I'm trying to, <laughs> right. for sure. I'm trying to. Right. And, you know? Yeah. And you said you're not only doing this, you want to start this non-for-profit, but you're also talking to me about starting a podcast as well. And I imagine your podcast, yeah. your podcast will be very, you know, it's going to be straight up mental health oriented. Yep, it's going to be, I would love to do a podcast for mental health and also being a working mom, you know, like I'm just, you know, a normal, normal gal here, you know, just because I'm a nurse practitioner doesn't mean I'm superior. Or I don't have feelings, you know, yeah. sometimes that's perception here, you know, so my patients think that I'm like superwoman, you know, <laughs> smiling all the time, but really, you know, providers have hard days, you know, like they're, Remember when, okay, the last thing, all right? Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but um, when the pandemic hit March, during March or May last year, there was a physician suicide in New York City. Did you hear about that? Maybe, maybe not. You're going to have to definitely refresh. Forget her name, but she was ground zero. I mean, she was, I mean, think about how many COVID cases we had in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. We had tons of people, right? And so this physician was the medical director, but she was also working like 24-hour shifts, no sleep, no food, just go, go, go all the time, right? She ended up committing suicide. You know, so that's why I'm saying when I was like, yeah, business is good, but at the same time, I'm this person with feelings and, you know, I go through where i'm sad and i'm anxious as well i I don't i honestly don't know i mean i say this to my therapist too i'm like i don't know how you do this and he's like why i'm like well i come in i tell you my problems and then i leave and that's the only problems i'm dealing with you know i'm dealing with mine (laughs) but you saw five people today with five very different stories with five very intense things going on in their life and you absorb that and then you did that five other times this week. So like you saw 30 people with their, I'm like, I don't know how you absorb that. And especially if you have, if, if you're an empath in any way and you absorb that, Oh my God. It's like when you leave yeah. there, 
like no wonder why i mean you of course you have to have a therapist every therapist has to have a therapist because you're like oh my god if i don't you know i think so i think there's a lot of stigma too and like therapists are actually afraid to get a therapist or psychiatrist because they don't want it going on their license they don't want you know it comes back to them you know but at the same if we normalize that and educate them it's like listen like none of that's gonna yeah but a doctor has a a doctor has a doctor yeah, I know. <laughs> right? um, the doctor isn't like, well, yeah. how you doing, Mr. Doctor? And like talking to himself. Yeah. He goes to it another doctor. Crazy, right? You know, I it's know. the same thing. You know, you're like, you've yeah. got to go to someone else to have some kind of perspective on things. Like, my accountant doesn't do her own accounting. She does all this accounting <laughs> for everybody else. But when it comes to her accounting of her accounting business and her restaurants, someone else yeah. does that accounting for her. She's like, I don't do that. It's not, I, I got to leave that to someone else. I can't keep that to myself. I'm doing it for everybody else. I got to keep it separate. So yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing. Like you can't just like, you know, it's that it's, you, you have to look at it that way. But, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. And, and, and as, as I look at like, I look at someone like Joe Rogan and he's a big influence on me when I do my podcast and Joe has like recurring like guests and he has certain people that come back all the time because it really hits on those certain things. So I definitely want to keep having you back on because uh, uh, it's, it really gives kind of um, a perspective and it's a big part of my, my podcast, you know, yeah, I'll tell stories about sex, drugs and rock and roll and all the things that I've done in my music career or talk about all these other things that I've done in my career, but like a huge part of who I am besides you know besides my singing is me being a better person trying to get better as mentally in my battle with my my uh disorder has been is is big to me as anything that i've done career-wise because i don't get to like i can walk off stage and the performance is over but i can't just walk off and like the disorder is over the disorder is with me whether i'm you know at wegman's or at my house or i'm in charlotte north carolina doesn't matter where i'm at it's there like a shadow yes absolutely so shadow we'll have you back i'll put um do you and well you're not accepting any patients so i don't want to like put up a link to like anything like that but um if you got any uh, you know any organizations or any of that stuff send me the links so i can like put that up into to this so like hey you know uh tanya can't you know but here's here's some other options here's some other reading materials or, or another network you can look into to help yourself because there's so many oh, people definitely. that reach there's a lot of people that reached out to me and i've turned them on to my therapist or somebody else you know because once i'm more That's open great. about my disorder uh i not many people want to be open about it but i'm in a platform like well let's use it for a good thing and let's put it out there and yeah i'm going to put out some stuff that is pretty dark and you know some people won't share with the world but i do because i know that it's helping people whether they're telling me to my face or they're clicking that link silently so send me those over and um and and also let's uh let's speak more about your non-for-profit as that that rolls because that's something that means a lot to me and i think everybody can relate to that and wants that to be in their life so let's do it you're welcome and uh anytime and we'll talk soon thank you tanya and there you go another mental health episode with uh with me um it is hard. We've been through a lot of shit in the past year, friends, a lot. And whether you're um, aware of what we've been through or what your family's been through, what your friends have been through, your coworkers, your, your fellow man, um, we have to have a little perspective and a little heart on what has happened in our lives. 
And we need to give ourselves a little grace. Like I said, I had to give myself some grace when my panic and anxiety came back big time in November. And around the holidays, I was struggling. I mean, I was struggling hard to the point where I'm like, oh my God, am I, am I thought I was going to go down that, that dark road again and end up being like bottoming out and having to, you know, you know, go back on the meds and, and get more intensive therapy and like, it, w- it wasn't a fun spot to be in. And luckily I used the coping skills that I've, that I've learned not only from myself or from the people around me, the positive people around me, whether it's my therapist or close friends or my network of people that I can really lean into when I have these problems, I don't know where I would be, but so many of you, like if I'm doing, if I'm struggling, I know so many else of people are struggling. You can walk by people all the time and, and you don't know what's going on in their heads and you already feel a tense feeling when you go into restaurants or to Wegmans, everything's different now. And we have to have a little grace with each other. And we have to understand whether they believe the same things that we believe, uh, you know, politically or not, it doesn't matter. Like take that all away. We're human beings with struggles and we've all been through an awful fucking lot this year. So give yourselves grace. This will always be a big part of this podcast. Uh, I will always advocate for mental health and, um, well-being, whether it's, you know, seeing a therapist, seeing my nutritionist, getting into a gym, getting into the gym that I go to, any of those things, you guys can always reach out to me. I will give you the resources. It may take me a few days to get back to you, but always reach out and I will give you some avenues and some people you can talk to. I really want to thank Tanya for coming back on again. She will be on more often. I promise as, uh, you know, I originally thought I would have my therapist on here, but I'm like, whoa, I can't, that's, there's two, it's a very gray line. So like, I'm so glad that I met Tanya. Uh, you, you will hear her back and I definitely want to get into that. So start keeping your eyes and ears open, not only for yourself, keep an eye out for each other. You know, not only on the, we not only got to keep ourselves physically fit and healthy, we have to keep ourselves mentally healthy because if our mental capacity isn't there, we are not worth, you know, we, we can't be the people that we need to be for the people, not only ourselves, but everybody around us. So be safe, my friends. If you guys are struggling, reach out. There's so many different networks. And if you don't want else to turn again, message me and I will help you get in touch with some people that can. Thank you, everybody. This was episode 26. Uh, and I'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah. Peace. Yeah.